Thanks for tuning in to the Banner Church Podcast, recorded live in sunny Scottsdale, Arizona. For more information, visit banner.church today. Enjoy the message. Wow, I don't know about you. If you get this every Sunday, there is so much power in this room. I'm not sure if while I'm speaking, I might have to just come down and start, you know, interceding on my knees. God is in this space, and I know that we've already experienced the Holy Spirit so real and rich in our lives today, and I'm really grateful to be with you. I am thankful to be one of your kingdom builders, and it is so true. As you give sacrificially, it enables me to go and work on the university campus, and as you watch in the video, see those 20,000 college students that are really set on fire for Christ and his kingdom, and they go in, oftentimes, I quote, Um, St. Francis of Xerxes, who in the 1400s stood in front of Oxford University students and said this to a room full of the top lawyers and doctors in the world at that time. He said, give up your small ambitions and come with me to save the world. And can I tell you, we get to stand in front of college students every day and say, give up those small ambitions, come with me, and we are going to save the world. So thank you for engaging in your kingdom builders and for sending me to go to give and to pray. So I have some really special guests today, and I don't normally do this, but I really would love to have my parents stand up. So my parents are here, Jim and Rhonda Johnson. Yes, please clap for them. Today is their 50. First anniversary. <laughs> so how cool is that? And so my sister and I have actually flown out over the last two years to spend both their 50th and their 51st anniversary with them. And partially, let me tell you why, they decided to celebrate their 50th anniversary on a cruise. Wasn't that a good idea? However, it happened to be of March of 2020. So was that a really great idea? Yeah, a little less so. So they ended up floating um, outside of Europe for a few weeks before somebody let them <laughs> embark. So they've, they've been on the celebration of their 50th year anniversary for many years. Once you go over 50, I think you have to celebrate every year, don't you? And make it special. So I'm really grateful for my parents. And specifically being here at Banner Church, I think is really special for all of us, for my parents and for me. My parents are pastors, and they pastored all the way, most of my life up till I was 13, right here in the valley, what used to be Paradise Hills Christian Center. It's right kind of, is it, Dad, 51 and Shea? 51 and Shea, somewhere 32nd Street, right in there. Thanks, Scott. So that's where I grew up. I attended elementary school at Mercury Mine Elementary and Shea Middle School. So this is kind of my stomping grounds. I now live in Missouri because, as Josh mentioned, I do kind of lots of different things. And this group of church that you're a part of, we headquarter in Springfield, Missouri. So I had to, at some point, load up a U-Haul and <laughs> move to Springfield. And But every time I come back to Arizona, I truly think it is the land flowing with milk and honey. My kids, who were raised in Springfield, we let them know that Arizona is God's land. We happen to be wildcats. I hope you don't blame me for that. But my children did you learn bear down Arizona before Jesus loves me. So 
Sorry about that. That's just kind of who we are. But it is. it feels really great to be back here at Banna Church. We're really good friends with Dana and Bridget Metcalf and your pastors. So thank you for being friends to the Martins. We really love you guys. So our message today, we're going to be talking about kingdom maturity. Now, I'll tell you a story. This, these last few years, I mentioned my parents on the cruise. From that moment on, I think for all Americans and all dwellers in the world, we can say that we have lived a couple of years of loss. We were, last night, I was walking around the fountain at Fountain Hills, and there, there were lanterns going up over the large fountain, and we walked to see, is there a birthday party? What's going on? Well, there was a young woman there who had just lost her mom to COVID, and so she was letting lanterns up that day, and I thought, you know what? There's loss in our world, isn't there? And, and I've experienced loss. And one of the loss that I've experienced this year is one of our Chi Alpha mentors. He's kind of one of those guys, the go-to guys. He's so full of the Holy Spirit that when he just simply puts his hand on me and prays for me, it's like it's hot. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like there, the Holy Spirit is so, so, so Dick Schroeder is one of those, one of those folks in my life. And he was diagnosed with cancer this summer. And so, um, man, when we first saw him this summer, I gave him a hug, and we knew he had the diagnosis, and he had a journey ahead. But about five weeks later, they were telling us, you know what? He probably only has days to live. My husband and I, who love Dick Schroeder so much, we flew to Bozeman, Montana, to kind of pray for him and believe God for a miracle, but also to talk to him. And can I tell you, when you're with a man or woman of God that has just been a part of world-shaping movements, what do you do when you're not sure if they're dying? You listen. And can I tell you, his every word was like gold. We sat at his feet and we were there to pray for him, but the whole time we thought even in this moment, he is giving more than he's taking. <laughs> and he was speaking life over my husband and I, and we were feeling refreshed even as we were praying healing over him. He looked at us and said, whether the Lord takes me or leaves me, I know that I am a part of his work in my life. So here's Dick Schroeder's story. He actually came to Christ during a time of revival or awakening that had hit America. It was in the 1960s. Has anybody heard of the Jesus People Revival? All right. This awakening came to a group of, like, rock and rollers. He was what we would have called in the 1960s a hippie rock and roller. He loved, like, Grateful Dead. He went to the concerts all the time. It was just a part of his life. And he was actually at a concert where somebody next to him just said, you know what we need? He said, no, what do we need? And they said, Jesus. And he said, you're right, we need Jesus. And right there in that concert, he gave his heart to the Lord, he and his friend. They began to walk under Christ's lordship. And can I tell you, in 40 years, he has transformed a university, a city, and he sees the world in his eyes because God worked in such a miraculous way. So as he was, as he was talking to us, he kind of grabbed our lapels and pulled us forward, and he said this, Scott Crystal, we're going to see another great awakening on this world. It's coming. Be ready. God has called you to steward it. Keep your eyes open. And although the work has already been done on the cross and the Holy Spirit was sent on the day of Pentecost, when he spoke to us, there was this sense that we're in a period of waiting, that there is 
something fresh and new coming on this earth, and I want to be a part of it. You see, as there was a generation that held baby Jesus and stood with man Jesus, walked with man Jesus, and played with boy Jesus, there's going to be a generation that finishes his work on this earth, won't there be? And something inside of me says, let it be us. Let us be like that little kindergartner who sits on the front row with a hand up in the air and say, God, let it be us. Let we be the generation that takes the gospel to the ends of the earth. Let us be the generation that stands in the gap for the lost of the world and brings your love. So as we wait for a new awakening, I think about some of the other last words of my friend's dick before he went to the be with the Lord. So he said, what was it like to come to Christ during an awakening when, when the Holy Spirit was pouring himself out in a new and fresh way? And people were coming to Christ, not in the ones, in the twos, but in the tens, in the fifties, in the hundreds and the thousands. We said, what did it feel like to walk through those moments? And he said, Crystal, it was easy. We just mentioned the name of Jesus talked about his love, showed his grace, and people laid down everything, just like Peter and James and John in their fisher boat, and they just followed Jesus. And can I tell you, as I see this church, I even was talking to Pastor Josh as I've been here, and I feel the Holy Spirit so strong. There's almost as if the door to awakening is already opening, isn't it? But at the same time, as you're working and you're loving your community and you're loving the world, aren't there times you think, man, this is kind of hard? We're in that part of harvest where we're having to, like, dig up some hard roots and move some really hard soil. And is there something in your spirit that says, yes, we're ready for easy. <laughs> we're ready for that great fruitfulness that's going to come in an end-time awakening. Some people ask me, when is the end times happening? And I said, I don't really know. But right now, this moment we're sharing together is the endest times we've ever had. <laughs> So step into it, right? <laughs> we are in the end times. So as I am praying and we're asking God, God, show yourself anew to us in our generation. I felt like the Lord spoke to me a few years ago as I began to pray into awakening and revival. I felt the Lord speak, Crystal, I am looking for a mature church. I'm ready to pour out my spirit, but I'm looking for a people group that are mature. Now, I do not see right now, where is my professor, Dr. Carolyn Tennant? Is she in the back row? Oh, I can't. Oh, there she is. Okay, she's waving her hand. So Dr. Carolyn Tennant is actually my professor, and can I tell you, she's everyone's favorite. <laughs> I can say this in this company since she attends church here while she is, um, she spends a few months in the winter here, am I correct? And gets to, gets to plug in here at Banner Church. So she serves, and I am actually a part of one of the cohorts that she leads that we're working on developing in spiritual formation. And as part of this coursework, my professors keep telling me, we want you to read all about spiritual formation. We read about revivals. We read about awakenings. But by the end of the program, we would like every one of our students to have their own definition of spiritual formation or the road to maturity. So I'm going to give you mine. It's a work in progress, and I do not want my professor to give me a grade because, like I said, it is a work in progress. And if you know me well enough, so my notes up here are always a little bit messy. 
it's just kind of my mom is laughing because she knows. She knows my bedroom. <laughs> so <laughs> she knows what my bedroom looked like. So here we go. Here's my definition of spiritual formation or the road to maturity. I basically say this. It is walking on the narrow road from milk to meat toward Christ's likeness. So walking together on the narrow road from milk to meat toward Christ-likeness. Can I tell you if I would say one problem I see in the church? I'm, I, I love the church, so don't I'm not browbeating the church. But sometimes I think we're too caught in the milk. And our poor shepherds or our pastors are having to be nursery attendants instead of pastors. So what is the milk? The milk is the elementary things of the kingdom. It's the do's and the don'ts. When I have college students that come to the University of Arizona, man, we have to deal with a little milk, don't we? We are talking about the elementary things of the kingdom, but as we move toward Christ-likeness, then guess what? He wants to show us his mysteries. He wants to reveal his heart to us. But if we are wrestling in the milk, we will never get to the meat. And can I tell you, when the Holy Spirit begins to pour himself anew on a mature church, can you imagine what a kind of impact we are going to make in this globe? So what does it look like? What is maturing? What does this maturing process actually look like? Well, I think we can look partially. Thankfully, we have the family unit that gives us an image of what maturing looks like. So if you can put up this really cute little girl for me. She's one of my favorite little babies right now. Her name is Wesley Kate. So Wesley Kate is drinking her milk in the favorite way for me, which is melted ice cream. Best, best way. So church leaders, let's, let's try to make milk like melted ice cream <laughs> so that our new believers can truly see and understand. So there is a point where we feed milk, don't we? The baby needs to know and understand the milk of the word, just like Wesley Kate, and she has good, good parents that are teaching her how to use that spoon. But if you'll go to the next picture, here is a picture of my family. So the very cool thing about this is I just had my eldest son. I have two sons. My eldest son just graduated from law school. My younger son just graduated with a master's degree in agriculture economics, and now he is a Chi Alpha campus missionary at Missouri State University alongside his wife, who also has a fine arts degree and is now on staff with Chi Alpha at Missouri State. So here we have my family. They're adults. <laughs> wow, what a good moment. My husband and I got together in like August, or like right, they all graduated on almost the same day, like just a few days apart. They graduated, got all these degrees, stepped into their jobs. My son is now a lawyer. My we, I have a lawyer and a minister, and guess what? I don't even pay their cell phone bills. <laughs> I have adults. Just recently, my son, who is, I think a lawyer is maybe the last profession that requires you to wear a suit. So as a young man, this isn't his favorite part of his profession. But as a mom, what did I do? I went out and bought him some nice dress shirts. And was like, here, son, you know, you got, you're going to need these for your new world. And so he got his dress shirts. Guess what? He cash-apped me for them. 
that is adulting. And I felt so grateful. I'm like, I am a winner. Don't you want all of your pastors to say, we are winners. We're doing this thing. We are raising spiritual adults ready to take on what the world has for them. So, but sometimes we feel like these next two memes. I'll let you just read them. Mother! <laughs> if any of you have teenagers, you probably know that the greatest fear is making a doctor's appointment. Any of you that are young adults, you're like, yeah, mom, I don't need you, but please make my doctor appointment till I'm 30. <laughs> Please, please pay my cell phone bill until I'm 30, right? There's this transitional period of walking into full maturity. So what are some signs of adulting for young adults? Um, here's a few things. They have, um, young adults have a separate identity from family of origin, their ability to make their own decisions confidently, financial independence, keeping up with routine appointments, time management, and establishing own community. These are all signs from the National Psychological Organization of adulting. So hopefully we're all, most of us here in that spot, right? So, um, or maybe not. I still call my mother plenty of times and say, Mom, if you don't come hold my hand, I'm surely not going to make it. <laughs> so thank goodness we do have the body of Christ. So what does it look like to be a spiritual adult? What does that look like? First of all, we need to think about what is the posture of adulthood. Where are we standing? And we're going to start with what a lot of folks like to call the great commandment. Jesus replied, this is from Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God. What is the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. So what are some attributes of adulting? Spiritual adulting is loving the Lord our God with all our hearts, minds, strength, soul, and to love your neighbor as yourself. But I need you to think about it. We sang about it today. We sang about the goodness of God. We sang to the nations about the goodness of God. We took communion because one of the reasons we take communion is to remember, right? That's why it's important to take communion often because it brings us back to that memory of what God did for us, right? What he did and finished for us on the cross, but then also what he's painting in our life every day. If we awaken to God's goodness, all we can do is love him back. You see, this kind of love that we're talking about, loving the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, strength, and loving our neighbor as ourselves, it's actually reciprocal love. You know, I love my parents very, very much. In fact, when I think about either of them crying, it makes me want to cry. We love our parents, but do you know why I love them? They first loved me. When my parents held me as a little baby, I really didn't even have capacity to love them back, did I? But as I grew and started to know who they are, then I had the capacity to love them back. You see, we are those babies that our Heavenly Father loves so greatly. 
So our posture, our only posture, can be as much as you love me. Look what you did for me on the cross. Look at this sunset that you, the sunrise that you painted in the sky for me this morning. Look at all the things that you've done in and for and through me. All I can do is love you back. And then your life becomes an act of worship. And adulting is then less about the do's and the don'ts and more about how can my life honor the God who loves me so much. How can my life be a an act of worship in everything I do that honors him with my mind, my body, my soul, and my strength, and loves my neighbor, not because they're so great, but because God loves me so much, and he forgave me for so much. So surely I can love others and forgive others like he loved me and forgave me. That is the posture, my friend, of spiritual adulting. Can I tell you, I often put my hands over my chest, and I say, I say very closely, I say, Jesus, I need to be good soil for your love. Let my heart be good soil so that when your seed of your love falls, that it grows and produces fruit of 30, 60, and 100 fold. Don't let my heart be soil that dismisses your love or lets the cares of the world or the deceitfulness of riches carry it away. Let your love take root in me so that I can produce for your kingdom like mature people produce. That's what maturity is. God, don't leave me in the nursery let me grow as you've called me to grow. The thing about this kind of love, to love God, remember, it is reciprocal. We love because he loved us first. John 1, 4, 8 says it this way, whosoever does not love God does not know God. So it's loving and knowing God. He loved us first, so we respond like the baby does to her mother by loving him back. In the New Testament, the word to know is used over 200 times, but it's used in two basic contexts. Two Greek words are used. The first one being oida. Oida addresses the domain of the intellect to study scripture, to apply your intellect to the word of God. I am thankful to know God with my intellect, but here is what Mark 134 said. He would not permit the demons to speak because they knew or they oida him. You see, if I keep my knowing of God with oida, I keep it with the demons of hell because the demons of hell know God. They know who he is. But can I tell you, he is calling his mature body to know God. This genosco, it's a dynamic act of knowing that involves the intellect, but also the, the soul. It is so deep and such a mystery, it is often biblically an idiom for sexual intimacy. It is a progressive, intimate knowing. You see, the God of the universe wants to reveal his deeper mysteries to you. He wants to be known by you and to know you. And he is calling us into this type of a love relationship that, can I tell you, will lead to the kind of fruitfulness, right? That 30, 60, 100-fold fruitfulness. He is calling us to love him fully. Secondly, 
As we talked about the great commandment, what is the next step of maturity? And we're going to go to the great commission. Man, I feel like you just can't be a missionary and not talk about the Great Commission. <laughs> it's kind of like you got to check the box. But can I tell you, um, the Great Commission has been so deeply woven into my spirit that I do believe that he, the Lord is, is leading me to deeper levels of knowing even through the Great Commission. So we're back here with Jesus. He is... Jesus is walking on the earth after his resurrection, after his death and his resurrection. He's appearing to his disciples here and there. And now it is the moments before he is going to ascend into heaven. And so remember, as I talked, even my good friend Dick Schroeder, it's his last moments on earth. What do we do? We listen. <laughs> These are some of Jesus's last times on earth. So what do we do? We listen. Then Jesus came to them. He came to his disciples. All authority in heaven on earth has been given me. Man, we could spend our whole service in that scripture, but we're going to move on. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always even to the very end of the age. What did I say we are right now? The endest of the age <laughs> there has ever been. So he is with us now. And his command is the same as it was for these early disciples. When I think about these first listeners, I think they probably would have understood all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Man, they just saw his death and resurrection. <laughs> I think they were able to engage that pretty freely. Like, wow, there is some powerful authority on this person. And I think they probably got it. And then he went, okay, all authority. Like, yep, yep, I'm trekking with you, Jesus. You have been given all authority. We've seen it firsthand. Then Jesus says to them this, go make disciples. Now, a lot of th theologians talk about the word go meaning as you are going as you're driving your amazon truck make disciples of all nations now let me tell you this those of you who drive amazon trucks good job i love amazon trucks they're fantastic those of you who drive your amazon truck as you are going make disciples of all nations guess what you guys are lucky in phoenix the nations are here <laughs> make disciples of all nations is fully possible from your Amazon truck. But I think those early hearers of this message may have had a harder time with of all nations. Do you think so? They were all Jewish believers in Jesus who had walked with them. Most of them had not walked more than 27 miles radius. So of all nations would have been pretty daunting for them. If it was daunting for them, can, you tell, can I tell you it's less daunting for us? So we can see the nations more than those early disciples could have seen the nations. So as we are in the end of the age, we have to keep the nations. Go make disciples of all nations. I want to mention a little bit about this make disciples. If any of you remember third grade science, the difference between a physical and a chemical reaction. Anybody get this? I'm totally not a scientist, but I... <laughs> physical reaction. That's the kind of thing you put sand and water together, you shake it, but once you let it sit again, 
you have sandy water, but you can separate the water from the sand, right? After you shake it together, it's a physical reaction. Those two components, those two properties are still the same after you shake them. That is a physical reaction. A chemical reaction is when you put all those ingredients to your cake, your egg, your flour, your baking soda. You make a cake. Can you separate those ingredients and ever find the egg again? No. Think of that when you're thinking about making disciples. <laughs> you got to have the Holy Spirit that takes your sand and water and egg and chemically changes it, right? We are co-laboring with Christ to make disciples. As we are driving our Amazon truck, we are making disciples of who? All nations. And here's what the scripture tells us. It is the mandate of all people to make disciples, and it is Jesus's job to build the church. So as people, as we are loving our community and loving our land and trusting God for revival, what is our call to go make disciples of all nations? And can I just mention this as I have just a few moments? This going is sacrificial. It is sacrificial. There is no way to eliminate sacrifice from kingdom maturity or kingdom going. Why is that? Because look at all that God did for me. Taking up my little cross was surely not as big as his, right? It's a natural act of worship. Wow, I get to do this for my great big God. And so there's, a there's aspects of sacrifice. Some of us are driving Amazon trucks and leading worship, right? And running your sound. Fantastic, Patrick. I'm trying to keep my mic up. It's hard for me, <laughs> but I'm trying. It's sacrificial. We step into the as we are going. And as we're going is a reflection of worship. Then we begin to grow from milk to meat. God begins to reveal his Holy Spirit to you. And then your going becomes on purpose. Because I'm telling you, this narrow road we're walking on, there is dangers on every side. We can become a Pharisee or we can become a sinner. <laughs> There's dangers on every side. But as we're walking this narrow road between milk and meat on purpose, can I tell you it is that on purpose word that'll keep you right in the center of that road the minute we get off purpose. And guess what? The Holy Spirit is so good. From pulpits, we preach to you all the things that God's calling us to. But can I tell you, God is really specific. The Holy Spirit is specific in our call. And the closer you walk with him, the more mature you lend your ear to the Holy Spirit. He will begin to speak to you. I need you here every, is it Tuesday for Love Our Church? Every Thursday for Love Our Blood. I got to be there. The Holy Spirit's calling me there. I can't stay away. He will begin to just call you. He'll keep your ear very clear as we begin to listen to the Holy Spirit and follow his ways. So my good friend Charlie Self, in his book, Flourishing Life, Flourishing Community, he does a very nice job of giving us a list of spiritual maturity. Thank you, Charlie Self. What does maturity look like? It looks like loving God. We talked about that looks like loving self 
You see, why do we love ourselves? Not because we're so good. He told the rich young ruler, yeah, don't even call me good. It's not because we're so good. It's because we've been made in his image. <laughs> it's because we've been purchased with a price. And it's because in Psalms 139, he tells us that we have been knit together in our mother's womb. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. And can I tell you, the God of the universe is not so concerned with our strengths or our weaknesses. In fact, he probably likes our weaknesses a little bit more because he knows he can be, make himself perfect through them. So as we are fixating on our weaknesses, the Lord is looking at opportunity. Wow, that's where I can work through this person and make my glory known. He's looking for a mature people who love ourselves because of what he's done. And if we were worth dying on the cross, we are worth great things. He's calling us to love others. And part of loving others is to be an expression of God's love to others. They need to see God. The world needs to see him working in and through us and expressing love to each other in all different kinds of ways. I mentioned, I keep talking about the Amazon driver, and here it's, I'm going to tell you why. I have really good friends who are foster parents. It was midnight. They get a call from the state, and they said, can you take a brand-new baby and a two-year-old? My friend said, sure, bring him over. They bring him over, and they have nothing, no milk, no diapers, nothing, and their kids are crying. They couldn't leave them, and guess what they did? They found our favorite Amazon driver, and within an hour, they had diapers and formula. Friends, whatever you do with your hand, you can be someone's hero. And can I tell you, if you work at Chick-fil-A and tell me it is my pleasure, you have made my day. So you may be the only one that has served me so graciously. <laughs> so serve with graciousness, right? That's how we love others. And then lastly, we love our purpose. We love our purpose as we lead worship. Can I tell you, your children's pastor loves her purpose? Man, when I talk to her, I'm like, she's got it. She loves her purpose. There is nothing more intoxicating than being with somebody who loves their purpose. Man, they're talking about it all the time, and pretty soon you want to work for Chick-fil-A because it's so awesome, too. Pretty soon the kids' ministry is going to have so many volunteers. You're not even... Man, if loving kids is this awesome, then I got to be a part of it because this is awesome. You see, loving your purpose is infectious, right? We want to be with people that love God, love others, love themselves. They're not putting themselves down all the time because they understand their worth in Christ and they love their purpose. That is what maturity looks like. And can I tell you, as Holy Spirit begins to pour himself anew, as he already is on this congregation, you be ready. As we're closing and the worship team is coming. As I was praying about this service today, one of the things that I really, I, I, I've been praying all week, I've been speaking it under my heart and spirit, is God, as we come today, would you baptize us anew with your spirit, with your love? Because as baptism is immersion, we like go all the way down in the water. It's just like we're being fully immersed in the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you the Holy Spirit wants to baptize you fully in his love. 
because it is that place that is the starting place of maturity. It is that seed. That's where maturity happens. It's not in what you do. It's about your posture. And when you posture yourself under God's love and allow to be fully immersed in it, can I tell you, you will come up wanting to love people more thoroughly, wanting to love yourself more thoroughly and be more thoroughly on purpose and ready to go take this world. And can I tell you, as I do believe, I need you to keep awakening the fresh work of the Holy Spirit to pour out on us. And as you go and you love your community and you love your world, for some of you, I know Pastor Dana was here last week talking about Thailand. For some of you, God is stirring. I got to start buying some airline tickets. Thailand is in my future. There's a world, there are people caught in trafficking in Thailand that God may be calling me to step into that. As God begins to pour his love out on you, it's going to, you are going to be an expression of that to your community and to the world. And sacrifice will be more of an excitement. The Lord's asked me recently to do something that I really wasn't ready for, and I wanted to say no to Jesus. But can I tell you, disobedience is almost impossible when you are fully under the love of God. And I do believe that we have been in a season that we have been looking toward loss instead of love. And sometimes loss can cloud love. It's still there. It just creates some cloud. And so as we've lost a lot, I believe God wants to love us a lot. He wants to love us a lot. And he wants us to know how deeply, intimately loved. And he wants to reveal to you the deeper things. Don't stay in the do's and don'ts. Your pastor needs maturity. Let's be that. Let's be the mature body of Christ. If you'll stand to your feet, if you want to come forward, you are welcome to ask the Lord to just freshly baptize you in his love if you want to stay at your seat. But be ready for a baptism of his love that he wants to paint individually into your heart this morning. Thank you for listening to the Banner Church Podcast. We hope this message was impactful for you. Check the episode notes to visit our website, follow us on social media, and subscribe to our podcast. We'll see you again next week.